Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 495, The Elusive Side of Creativity. Hello, everyone. My name is John McGrail. I'm super psyched about podcasting about Star Wars coming up on Friday. And I believe that if you're not learning, you're not living. Today, I'm talking about my lifelong struggle with being creative and what I might need to do about it. Well, happy Wednesday to you out there. Happy hump day. You know, as it seems to me that the, the hump day camel seems to be kind of fading out of the uh, public view, but you know, I can't help it. Every time I see him, it, it makes me smile. I, I know it's cheesy. I know it's probably old hat by now, but I can't help it. I really enjoy him. So there you go. So let's get into today's fun fact. I'm looking forward to the weekend, like many of you, because it's Labor Day weekend. So let's talk some fun facts about Labor Day weekend. These are courtesy of DoSomething.org. The first celebrated U.S. Labor Day was on Tuesday, September 5, 1882, in New York City. It was planned by the Central Labor Union. 10,000 workers marched from City Hall all the way to 42nd Street and then met with their families in Wendell's Elm Park for a picnic, concert, and speeches. Canada is said to have had the first idea of hosting a day honoring the labor movement. In 1872, they held a nine-hour movement to show support for striking workers. And there's disagreement about who actually proposed Labor Day as a holiday. Some people say it was Peter J. McGuire who was the co-founder of the American Federation of Labor. Others believe that it might be Matthew Mugwire, a machinist. Oregon was the first state to celebrate Labor Day as a legal holiday in 1887. The decision to make Labor Day the first Monday of September was approved on June 28, 1894. Labor Day started as a part of the labor union movement to recognize the contributions of men and women in the U.S. workforce but modernly, is seen as a chance to celebrate the last weekend of summer. Did you know that Americans worked 12-hour days, seven days a week, during the 19th century? The Adamson Act was passed on September 3, 1916, to establish an eight-hour workday. Historians say the expression, no white after Labor Day, comes from when the upper class would return from their summer vacations and stow away their lightweight white summer clothes as they returned back to school and work. There is still a Labor Day parade in New York City. It takes place throughout the 20 blocks north of the 1882 Labor March. So there you go. No matter what your Labor Day weekend holds, I hope it's full of family and friend time all along the way. Well, hopefully. What is not an act of labor is being a part of the Friday Forum. In fact, We hope that you're fired up to share what you're learning and living. The Friday Forum is your opportunity to share with me and the rest of the Stuff I Learned Yesterday community. You can add your voice to the Friday Forum in several ways. By calling 304-837-2278, leaving a voicemail. By going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback and uploading an audio file. By using the provided SpeakPipe widget. or You can just type out an email and send it that way. Also, I mentioned at the top of the episode that I'll be podcasting on Friday about Star Wars. 
I'm thrilled to be a part of Golden Spiral Media's Geeking Out MS, coming up this weekend, September 2nd through 4th. It's happening in conjunction with Economicon in Oklahoma City. GSM will be podcasting for three straight days, while also raising funds to help eradicate MS. I'll be podcasting on Friday along with Ruthie Rink from Fear the Walking Dead Talk Through Podcast, which is also produced here at GSM. You can make your generous donation today by going to www.goldenspiralmedia.com slash ms and help us reach our weekend fundraising goal of $2,500. Now, here's what I learned yesterday. I picked up a new set of earbuds recently while traveling. I'm thrilled with them. Because of the way they fit inside my ears, they effectively act like noise-canceling headphones. And one of the reasons that I really appreciate them is that I can do things like mow the yard and still be able to listen to podcasts and music without having to turn the volume up to a blasting level and still not hear everything well. I tell you all of this to paint the picture for what I'm about to share. So last week, having caught up on all my Golden Spiral Media shows that I follow, I was forced to turn to other outlets and went to NPR's TED Radio Hour broadcast. The show takes TED Talks, TED, by the way, which stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design, for those of you who may not know. I certainly didn't know until I picked up the show. What well, expands on these talks, interviewing these folks who've given them, and puts three of these separate excerpts of talks and interviews together to present one overarching idea per show. So, while mowing my lawn, yeah, I'm also enjoying a presentation on creativity. There was a brilliant interview with Sting talking about losing his songwriting ability for many years, until recently when he went back to his childhood home, where he had wanted to stay as far away as possible for his whole adult life. A discussion came about on how to access the pinpoints in the brain that expand creativity. Then, what came after that, I simply wasn't expecting. Sir Ken Robinson came up next. Robinson is an English author, speaker, and international advisor on education in the arts to government, nonprofits, and education bodies. He believes that creativity in education is paramount. If you're not prepared to be wrong, you will not come up with anything original, he states in his talk. Let me repeat that. If you're not prepared to be wrong, you will not come up with anything original. He believes that our education system stigmatizes mistakes and therefore, stifles creativity. He went on to tell the story of Dame Jillian Lynn, who as a child was thought of having something wrong with her because she couldn't keep still. She was always in motion, and in the 1930s as a little girl was taken to a doctor who figured out that her motion, instead of being diagnosed as ADHD, which was not a thing back then, it needed to be nurtured, and it was until she became a world-class dancer who went on to be the choreographer of productions like Cats and Phantom of the Opera. Sir Robinson's conclusion was that if treated today instead of her brilliant career, she may very well have been given medication and told to calm down. And then it, it hit me. Yeah, I'm mowing my grass and a, and a tear starts to come down my face. And I'm thinking to myself, self, what, what is wrong with you? 
you know, maybe this hits too close to home because we've dealt with ADHD as parents. Maybe this hits too close to home because I've never, ever felt creative in any of my life. You know, at times, I'm not even sure what the right side of my brain is actually doing. My education experience is just as Robinson described, built on making sure to avoid mistakes at all costs. My career has been the same way. Yes, I've been able to problem solve and come up with answers to things that are outside of the box. But I've never really come up with anything original. As a student in school, even in art classes, I've never felt creatively successful. I'm not a gracefully coordinated individual with great strength, so I don't display any of the art that the human form can achieve. I've never felt that I can come up with brilliant new ideas and defend them. You know, along my journey in life, I've recently learned that there are individuals in my biological families that include a world-renowned psychologist, a poet, a screenwriter, talented musicians, and a ballet dancer. It gives new meaning to the nature versus nurture argument to me. Here's what I've learned. I'm not prepared to be wrong. I was never built that way. As I said, my childhood, my jobs, my family, even my new business, they've all been built around having the right answers and making sure to avoid mistakes. I'm not prepared to jump off of a ledge and possibly have a hard landing. The truth is, I've suffered not being prepared to be wrong. And even worse, I think I've likely hurt my children because of it too. I've not been willing to risk or even thought that I had anything worthy to risk and possibly be wrong. Even my Stuff I Learned Yesterday episodes have been patterned because, well, the pattern works, and therefore I've felt successful in having the right answers. What if I were to risk? What if I were to put together an original idea that someone didn't understand, or even worse, they disagree with? What if I were willing to really dream about something that isn't necessarily safe, I've already got the right answers. What if I could answer the question, what do you want to do? With answers other than what I already know I can accomplish and do well. And maybe there's someone out there listening who is at a decision point where you could be prepared to be wrong. And yet, you come up with something brilliant and original. Even if it doesn't work out, you can be confident that you gave everything and that everything was enough. My challenge to me is to start taking those chances and to teach my children to do the same. My challenge to you is to get out of the safety zone. Take your foot off of the base and be willing to be tagged into an adventure that you never thought possible. There are simple rewards for staying safe, for sure, but there can be rewards far better than simple for preparing to be wrong. I'm John McGrail. And this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash subscribe. If you'd like to join our popular Facebook group, go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday.
And if you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes by going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes. And please, share this podcast with somebody who's prepared to be wrong. Have a great day, everyone.